0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, as always. And today I'm so excited to be bringing you an interview with one of my dearest friends in this industry. Her name is Megan Bradley Shuneman. You guys may know her as Wink Lash Products on Instagram. She is also the owner of Wink Lash Studio in Newport Beach, California. She's known for being an amazing artist, mentor, educator, all of the above, and um, she's even a sweeter soul than any of those things. So. Um, I'm really lucky to call her a friend and also to have had her on the show, so I hope you guys love listening to it as much as we loved recording it. So without further ado, here is Megan. Okay, Megan, welcome to the show. Hi, Shelby. It's been a long time coming. I know we've talked about you being on the show forever now, so we're finally doing it. I'm actually super excited, and I'm also kind of nervous. It's funny. I listen to your show all the time, so... I feel like
1: now there's been this like hype behind it that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm on the show.
0: (laughs) I get nervous before every call. It goes away once I'm like talking to the person. But Oh
1: well that makes me feel better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So every episode I kind of just want to dive into first like your story and like Mm -hmm. how you got to be where you are. So can you just tell the listeners how you got into the industry? Like what inspired you to Go into beauty
1: and then into lashes. Oh my gosh! Well, I had—I feel like I didn't choose the lash industry; the lash industry chose me. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I started when I was super young. I was like 16 and in high school, and mm-hmm. back then they really didn't require any sort of license or anything in order to get to be a lash technician. It didn't fall any mm-hmm. sort of scope of esthetician or cosmetology or anything. So one of my friends came over to my house and she had lashes on and my mom saw her and she was like, Oh my gosh, what did you do? She just like instantly noticed a difference and she was really fair. So I think they really made a big difference on her. They stood out really well. Mm -hmm. And I knew I always wanted to be a hairdresser. Like it was always my goal after school to be a hairdresser. I was doing like people's hair in high school and I was always, Coloring my sister's hair. She'd have like pink hair, purple hair, anything I could get my hands Mm -hmm. on at the store and Mm -hmm. color her hair with. Poor girl. She looked like Barney at one point. My mom didn't (laughs) like that. (laughs) But, (laughs) anyways, yeah, my mom called and she made an appointment and she went in and she came home afterwards and she was like, Megan, I think this is going to be huge. I think it's a great way for you to learn how to build a clientele and talk to clients. And by the time you're out of school, you're going to have like, just a good idea. And you're not like shocked, like, oh my gosh, now what? You know? So she was right. like, do you think you'd be interested in taking a class? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And she was like, okay, great. I signed you up for a class. You're going this weekend. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> so, Oh my God.
1: I know. So I took my first LASH class and it was back, like there was reclining chairs. I often mm-hmm. talk about the beginning of the industry, like the blind leading the blind. I had a friend come and he was a guy. So I had a male model for my first client ever and they were going every which direction. It was horrible, but.
0: Was it in the pots?
1: Yes, they were in the pot. I think back then there was just like J curls available. Yeah. Yeah. The worst.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I remember that too. Were you doing it back in like, haven't they been in the U.S. like 13 years, 14 years? I believe it was in around two thousand four. So I learned of
1: June two thousand four. Wow. Seriously. So yeah. like,
0: seriously one of the first. Yeah, so
1: what happened was the owner of the shop that I had first learned at, this like little um Korean man came in with a briefcase, I guess, and he was he just walked into a nail salon. He was like, does anyone want to learn eyelashes? And the owner at the time was like, oh my gosh, me. So she took this little class from this little Korean man and learned how to do it. And she was like, this is going to be huge. And two weeks later, she opened up a shop and my friend that I was talking about in high school saw like a sticker on a van that said eyelash extensions. And she called and made an appointment. And then like, that was like two weeks after she had opened her first shop. So she was training girls trying to find people and me and her just Mm kind of hit it off. So she offered me a job. And like I said, I had no idea what I was doing, but what was awesome was it was literally the first and only like eyelash exclusive salon, like ever in like Orange County area. And so we got a ton of publicity from it. So people Mm -hmm. would call in and Maybe we'd be featured on the LA Times or something like that. So people would call in and like, as soon as an article would come out, our phones would go off the hook. So I would literally ditch school so then I could go in and just do eyelashes all day long. And I ended up loving it. So yeah, I, did, yeah, I just kind of fell
0: into it and somehow it just became like a passion for me. So, so at what point did you like start working for yourself? Like when did Wink come about? Oh gosh! So, I started doing lashes when I was sixteen,
1: and my first salon that I opened was I was twenty-two. So I had already been a technician, oh, wow. yeah. So I had already been a technician for a couple years, and at that point, I mean, I was still in high school. I probably graduated around seventeen, eighteen, and I had to put myself mm-hmm. to cosmetology school. So owning a salon didn't really come until later, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and now it's been about. I always base it off of one of my girls at my shop. She was pregnant at the time that I opened, and she's got a Mm -hmm. seven-year-old now. So I'm always like, everybody comes in, they're like, "How long have you guys been open?" And I look at Lindsay, I'm like, "How old is Ellie?" Mm -hmm. And then, Uh (laughs) yeah, about seven years.
0: So I feel like because it was so new back then, because I I started doing lashes in 2011 technically, but oh, so you're a veteran girl. I am, but that's not even as long, like you've been doing it way longer. And so I remember back when I was doing it, I feel like I had to teach people like what it was all about and mm-hmm. it's safe and don't worry. And so I feel like you guys must have had to do that a lot, if especially if you guys were pretty much the only people over there doing it.
1: Definitely. And honestly, the the information we have now is so different than yeah. when I had first originally started. And What's great is I've really been able to see this industry evolve into what it is now. And mm-hmm. when I first started, I remember I would put like, back then there wasn't gel pads either. So we put like tape on someone's face. And I remember like girls at the shop taking glues into, you know, their doctor's appointments with them and asking them questions about the glues because we didn't know exactly what we were using. And mm-hmm. I remember like clients coming in and like tears coming down this their face as we were doing their lashes because we really just didn't have any clue what type of anything we were using, you know? But yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I mean, the funnest part was always explaining it to men, you know, like, yes. wait, what do you do? <laughs> and that's so <still> yep. fun. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, nobody really knew much about it, but that was so awesome because people were really interested because it makes such a difference on your face, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. So when did you start noticing like everything start to change? And when you started to see like, wow, I'm really good at this. So when I first was doing lashes, one, I noticed that people I kept when I
1: started doing hair, because again, that was ultimately my goal. I wanted to be a hairdresser. And when Mm -hmm. I started doing hair, I noticed that I would kind of push aside my hair clients. Like if somebody wanted an appointment, I wanted to leave myself available for my eyelash clients. And mm. I started to realize like, well, why am I doing this? You know? And I started to mm. realize that I, I think I just enjoyed doing lashes so much more than I did doing anything else. And that was when I started to realize like, Oh wow, this is actually like a niche because when yeah. I was even in cosmetology school, like Again, it was so new that I was training my professors in cosmetology school how to do lashes. And Mm -hmm. I realized that this is like, this is something that not a lot of people could do, I thought at the time. And also, after my first volume training, honestly, my first volume training was super defeating. I remember I left and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was frustrated because I had already been doing lashes for like 10 years or something when I first started doing the volume technique. And I'd see this technique and I was like, I was frustrated with myself because I was like, what the heck, I should be good at this. And Mm. after taking a training and like really understanding the volume lashes, it was like, all of a sudden I saw classic lashes completely different. So everything that I thought I knew about classic lashes kind of changed, like the shape, the this, the that. So I really kind of feel like even though I had been doing lashes for like ten years, all of a sudden when I took on volume lashes too, it like revolutionized everything oh. for me about lashes.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I I think that's about whenever it started to change for me too. Like my classic work started to get a lot better after I learned volume too. I think
1: uh, because I think volume first... and they're so much fuller, you kind of see like a little yeah. bit more of the flaws if you put like a long length and the wrong area, or this or that. And so it was like all of a sudden I started looking at my classic lash work so much different. And I was like, yeah. wow, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think when I was just doing classic mm-hmm. to create fullness, I was using like just a thicker diameter. Like I was using 0.18 instead of 0.15. And oh, then I when I started of those doing.
1: I was using 0.20s, point two five. Like yeah, well, that me was now, kind I of know. already.
0: <laughs> that was like what we were using when I was in beauty school, but by the time I was like working, I it was kind of like a bad thing already or a known bad thing. So yeah, uh, at the time I'm talking about, you probably weren't using that. I don't know. I remember thinking about weights and diameters differently, and like trying to get more coverage with classic, even when I was doing my classic sets, because mm-hmm. I knew what volume could do and. I don't know. Yeah. So. So did you learn in in
1: a in a school or did you get like a specialty? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we kind of learned it in school. Like at my school, we had the lash specialty license and it was Mm -hmm. like brand new in Texas. So I actually went for my whole aesthetic license, but we still had like lash classes. So, yeah.
1: How do you feel about that, about having a specialty license in Texas? Because I know that's one of the only states that actually offers that. And here in California, we don't, you know, like you have to complete the 1600 hours of cosmetology school in order to just do a blow dry, you know? Yeah. And in Texas, you can go just for lashes,
0: I'm torn because the education inside of the school sometimes isn't great. And so maybe they're offering a LASH specialty license, but they're not really teaching them about like the eye area and they're not teaching them about sanitation as well. Like they kind of sometimes leave the LASH students just, it's a free for all. And they're kind of just putting in hours, but not, but just like working on a mannequin without any supervision type of thing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily talking about my school that I went to, but, you know, I know other people in in the industry and their experiences. But um, I feel like it is good, though, if somebody knows what they want to do, because they're kind of honing in on that one thing and getting to work quicker. But for sure, I think it just depends on what school they're getting that education at. Now, is it easier to, like,
1: hire staff and whatnot because, like maybe it's easier to find lash technicians out there in Texas?
0: But no, I feel like it's, I mean, I don't have experience like in any other state, how Mm -hmm. it's like, but I feel like, you know, sometimes it's hard to hire people. I feel like it's hard to hire. I don't know if you have this issue, but I think some people are intimidated to apply here. Like we'll put out that we're hiring and we don't, we don't get like bombarded with yeah. applications, you know, we, we mm-hmm. get, do get a, a lot of them to choose from. But, um, I feel like sometimes people get scared. And I did hear one time someone say like, oh, I know somebody, she really wants to work for you one day, but she's working at another salon right now and she's trying to get good enough to work there. And I'm like, what, just tell her to reach out to me. Like, yeah. do you have that problem? And if anything, well, I generally like to train my
1: girls myself. I don't mind if someone comes in with previous experience, but it's really important to me and my salon that every client that comes in is having the same experience with every technician. If like Mm -hmm. they do need to go to someone else one time, or, you know, I don't know if they just jump around from person to person. Um, I have noticed in the past that if I do hire someone on that's doing a different type of technique, then the client will notice and, I feel like I'm just opening up the door for like either complaints or maybe like bad reviews or something like that because they noticed that there was a difference between one or the other. So I really kind of like to ensure that the client's having the same experience, whether that's like consultation to like the actual application to, you know, finishing up.
0: Yeah. That's kind of how we are too. We, we train them the same whether they have experience or not. And it's, If they come in with, you know, previous knowledge or training and they're not coachable, like if Mm -hmm. they're very stuck in their ways, it's a no, like it's an immediate no. So they like don't even get through training and I'm like, it's not going to work. So, yeah. Yeah. So back to your story. So (laughs) fast forward to you working as a solo artist Mm -hmm. at what, like how long did it take you to open up the salon? So I was working somewhere for years. I was brought in as a trainer. And, um, I was brought in to train the staff
1: and do this and do that. And I can say this now because they're no longer open, but I had a really bad experience working somewhere or at this specific location. I just remember, like, I felt like I was burnout. out. I was doing all of this work. I was training staff. I was taking on clients at the same time. Like if the receptionists were gone, I was like answering the phones and, um, it was kind of just a lot of workload on me. I felt like I was also appealing to clients that, or clients were coming in where I wasn't doing the work that like was satisfying me as an artist or a technician. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they were coming in and it was more like, it was sort of a setup where like they were telling me how they wanted their lashes rather than me doing what I felt was best for their lashes. And all of this stuff happened. So I was kind of pushed into wanting to open up my own space. Um, Mm -hmm. because I was like in a situation where I was so miserable and like, I went to lunch with my uncle and I was like, he's a financial advisor and he's who I really kind of turn to whenever I have questions or need help. And I remember sitting down with him over lunch and I was like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And he was like, well, you're going to have to have this much money in your account and you're going to have to have like this much, because if you're going to potentially want to rent somewhere, they want to see that your business is going to be able to like, continue to be profitable if your sales aren't meeting and so on and so forth. So I remember leaving and I was so discouraged because I was so miserable in the situation that I was working at. But after that, I left and I opened up my own spot and I found this place on like a Wednesday. I literally had no clue what I was doing. You know, luckily at the time I had a boyfriend who was carpenter and he helped me like with the whole build out of the place. Mm -hmm. And like two weeks later, I had opened up. I never wanted my technicians to feel the same way that I felt being an employee and it really kind of helped me. And I say that a lot because Mm -hmm. in the beginning of doing lashes too, I, most people don't know this, but I hated extensions I didn't like the way that they felt. Like when I closed my eyes, I felt like I could like squeeze shut and I could feel them or Mm -hmm. I'd open and I felt like I could get them a little bit fuller with mascara because I really liked doing makeup and I could figure out how to, you know, get fullness using mascara. And I felt like my lash artist wasn't really doing the same, you know, look that I could achieve. Mm -hmm. And like, so, like I said, I kind of refer it to the blind leading the blind. And I really felt like what gave me my technique was... I would go around every single lash artist and I'd get my lashes done by every person and I'd be like, okay, I try to envision myself as a client and figure out what I liked and didn't like so then I could make improvements Mm. on my technique. Like, okay, I didn't like the way that the tape was pulled off or, oh, I didn't like the way that like the hands were really heavy on my head. And so just the same way that I learned how to be a lash technician, I also feel like I learned how to be a business owner or like a salon owner based off of my experience on what not to do.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like, go off on your own, do this. Like you should be your own boss. I really don't think that that is meant for everyone. And I'd love to say that it was just like, it was just the greatest thing of my entire life. It, It was, it really was. But I don't think anyone sees like the blood, sweat and tears that you put behind Opening up a business, regardless of what it is, if it's a salon or if it's a product line or if it's anything, even if you're renting the solar suite, geez.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you can find a place if you can work at a place with someone like you running it, that is caring about them in that way so much so Mm -hmm. that they're like putting themselves in their shoes, Mm -hmm. why not do that? And you ha you don't have to do any of the marketing. You don't have to do any of the financial stuff, none of the bookkeeping, none of it. And you just get to do what you love and go home and have a life. Like that's beautiful to me. And I feel like there's a lot of people that they couldn't find that. So they went and created it. And that sounds like what you did. And I don't know. It's probably something you were always meant to do because if you already had that mindset of like, what are they doing? Like, so I could be better for my clients, yeah. you know, you already, you know,
1: this that. industry changed so much for me, you know, I don't know. You don't have to put this on there either. I'm just telling you as my friend, mm-hmm. you can if you want, I don't care, but I'm sure, you know, like my dad's homeless, my whole, you know, I was kind of like in and out of mm-hmm. like child protective services and this and that. And when I was growing up, like this, I fell into this at 16, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, I was able to, I found this passion for the industry because it, it allowed me to create this life for myself that I really wanted. (laughs)
0: Mm.
1: I'm so glad now I get to share that with other people and I get to see them get like successful through like something that changed my life so much.
0: Okay. You're going to make me cry. (laughs)
1: That
0: was so sad. <laughs> and plus you're like hormones I was with just your pregnancy say, too. I, I never
1: cry <laughs> in my life and I think I'm just pregnant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really awesome and, and very special. And I think I am leaving this in by the way. Oh my God. I hate you. <laughs> I want it in there. People need to hear that. Like it means a lot. And I think that's also why, you know, you're so successful because you have the passion behind it and it wasn't just handed to you or you didn't, like, you really worked for it and you still work for it. You're still, you know, doing lashes and training and everything and you have the product line and what the hell? Like, it's a lot and you have to really love it.
1: You know, and that's been really cool. I've had some people, like, especially, like, if I do, like, a private training or something like that, what's so fun is, like, I've had some people come to class and like kind of talk to me about their life or whatever. And like, like they start doing a training and it's really like, they're trying to make a career for for themselves. So it's really neat being able to like, listen to other people's stories and what they've been able to do for themselves through this type of industry. And like the friendships they've been able to create and like the support, I just, I don't know. I think it's really neat. And I, I, and I have to say, Shelby, that's why I I really admire what you're doing too. Mm -hmm. being able to like interview different people. And I love hearing people's different stories. And Mm -hmm. I do love like, again, I don't go into work every day. Like, yes, you know, there are some days (laughs) that like, I have my own struggles. And if I'm like, if I'm just having one of those days, sometimes I even like pop in your guys' podcast and I like listening to other people's stories. And I'm like, yes, I do love this industry. And it kind of just gets me hyped on my day. So I think it's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. I, I mean like, like interviewing people is crazy because I'm sometimes going through my own stuff and then I hear stuff that they're saying and I, and I sometimes ask questions like for my own, curiosity too. And sometimes they'll say like just one sentence that really hits me and like sticks with me for the rest of the week. So I think it's to be able to get to know everyone. It's really exciting. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So tell us about your salon. Is it you just do lashes there?
1: Yeah, we just do lashes. I do have an obsession with eyebrows too. So I will like do brows every here and there just because I feel like the mm-hmm. brows and the eyes go so like hand in hand. And I don't know. I just, I love that whole area. I've always liked like, you know, the facial symmetry part and this and that. And like, typically I'm yeah. totally one of those people that like when I'm talking to you, I'm fully looking at your eyelashes and I'm fully looking oh, yeah. at your brows. <laughs> so I do yeah. love the eyebrows too, but we, we do mainly focus on lashes.
0: That's really cool because you guys get to become experts in that area and I think it's more rare to see just lashes like in a salon and it not be like the tanning and there's nothing wrong with that like for there to be like tanning and you know teeth whitening and hair and nails and whatever. I do feel like it establishes
1: trust with our clients because we do specialize in lashes but you know I do have to say it's become so much more popular like even within like a mile radius of my salon and where I'm at there are... Six eyelash exclusive salons, and like I said, that's within a a mile radius of us, and um, where they just do lashes. And again, they might do like something like brows or this or that. But like, and that doesn't even count the amount of solo salons there are out there, or Phoenix salons, or like if somebody's just doing an add-on service. And I mean, it's pretty awesome that it's still such a thriving business, and we're able to still do well in it, considering there's so many places in the area, but. I do think it's becoming a lot more popular. And honestly, I I like to specialize. I like that it's all that we do because like I said, it, it establishes trust. I feel like when people come, they know that they're going somewhere that is educated and knowledgeable about what they're doing. Yeah. And I really, I like that comfort that I can give clients.
0: For sure. Yeah, we we just do lashes ourselves. And I feel the same way. Although I think it's kind of cool. Like some places like they have a blow dry bar and they do lashes. And it's kind of I think it would be cool personally to go to a place and get my hair blown out and get my lashes done and stuff. But
1: I was going to say, I'm not going to lie. I would love
0: that. I know. I've always thought about opening up a blow dry bar right next door to Pink Lady Lash. That is
1: one thing I always say. If I like I cannot be wearing any makeup, any my clothes can look like crap. But if I've got my Mm -hmm. hair blow dried and my hair curled, I am stoked. And same thing with lashes. Like I can be in my gym clothes and do whatever. If I've got lashes on, I look I feel, it's not even, I don't even know if I look great. I just feel great. <laughs> you feel good. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: I, it's to me, when I get my lashes done, I kind of feel like I just crossed a ton of things off my to-do list. I just feel very accomplished. Like everything just feels a little bit lighter. It's so weird, but. Oh, for sure. I feel every time. <laughs> um, so about all of the competition in your area, like how do you view competition? Cause a lot of people have different views, but. I'm curious to hear like what do you think about like are you guys friendly? Do you just not really think about it? A little bit of both. I don't really think about it. And there are salon
1: owners in the area that I do chat with. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not gonna
1: lie. I've had clients that have come in and been like a crazy we've all had those crazy clients. I see about it I hear about it on lash funnies all the time. I we've had those lash funny clients that come in that people make memes about. And I've honestly even reached out to other salons in the area and been like, watch out. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't really look at them as competition because I do also think that we are, we're appealing towards different types of clientele as well. I think the way that your brand looks and, you know, one thing that was really important to me was having a really great website too. And about Mm -hmm. 90% of clients that come in, they say that they chose us because of our website. And one of the first things that you see when you visit our website is you know, there's this beautiful woman. She's not necessarily the youngest girl and she's also not old. You know, she's, she's just the ideal client that I want. And since I'm trying to look for that type of clientele, we get a lot of that, I think just based off of our website as well.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm like Googling your website right now. Oh, Oh, cute. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Um, couple of things that are really important to me as far as like having my business too with my website is one that it's really easy to manage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you should be able to tell what you do just looking at a website alone. Like, okay, they do lashes. Okay, yeah. where can I book? Okay, where can I see pictures? Like, I think when you kind of overdo it with information, it can kind of deter people or not deter them, but like- Overload it, them or overwhelm them. Overload them, but also like bore them at the same time. Like I know when I'm doing stuff I'm like kind of scanning through and looking for things that pop out at me. I'm not like going through and like reading every single detail. And I think you can have the option to have every single detail on there, but it shouldn't be like in yeah. the important stuff. You know, it should be there if they want to find right. stuff later, but not like bam in your face, I'm forcing you to read it.
0: Yeah. Uh good point. I I think also some it not even cuz I don't think I'm ever really on people's websites in our industry, but just anything that I'm trying to look at, whether it's clothes, like getting a blowout. Yeah. Like clothes, anything restaurants. If I can't find like your phone number, like, A email, like your address. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why isn't this here? You know, where's the contact information? Where's
1: this? Yes, and I think that's so overlooked. And so many people, and a lot of my students even come up to me and they're like, I don't know where to begin. I don't know this. I don't know that. Like, it is so easy to make a website. It's really not that Mm -hmm. it's obviously beneficial to have someone make one for you, but. Again, one of the biggest mistakes that I see is people are trying to put too much on there. And I think it can be overwhelming where I think the easier to manage, the better.
0: Yeah. Also, there's been times where I'm looking for an artist in a different area to send a client to. Like they're moving to Denver or wherever. And I sometimes like off the top of my head I'm like oh yeah I know someone um but then sometimes I like look in my phone like on Instagram and I'm trying to find someone and then yeah. I click on their page and then I look to see if they have a website and it's just like their style seat like their booking yeah like link and I'm like like I want oh, to friend, pictures. what are you doing yeah <laughs> I don't want to just
1: see what times are available I want to see like a yeah. little bit more than that yeah we've
0: got to know where you're located like do you work inside of a salon? Is it in your house? Like, what is it, you know? And so sometimes I'll like keep looking until I find someone that's a little bit more professional, but yeah, good point. You know, I really,
1: that kind of has to do with something I did want to talk about too, is I really feel like that kind of the next thing in our industry too, is, you know, we started off with classic lashes and then it revolutionized over to volume lashes. And then it went over to mega volume. Now everybody knows how to do some of these techniques and if not, they're still searching for them, but, and how to perfect them. But really now people are kind of honing in on how to make this business work for them and not get burnt out, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I kind of feel like that's what's coming next is people are starting to get a lot more into like the business savvy part of Learning, yeah, yeah, you know, as far as like trying to take better pictures, even or trying to reach for their perfect client, or you know, even how to do their accounting and their bookkeeping and this and that. I kind of feel like there's something, something coming up, like a business type of a lash business kind of thing,
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like that's more my I love lash artistry. Like 100% I'm mm-hmm. I'm talking about it all the time with my own girls and like in my classes and stuff, but Yeah. Something I is that just comes natural to me is is business and mm-hmm. like not necessarily I I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this all the time, but like financially, like there's been a lot of stuff that I've had to learn this year that I wasn't doing correctly and stuff. But as far as like clientele management and like psychology and emotional intelligence and like how to get a client, how to retain them, like how to have that consultation and aftercare talk to make sure that they're going to be maintaining client retention. Yes. All of Mm -hmm. that stuff. That is like second nature to me. And I love talking about that. But the one thing that gets me is like, I don't want people that work at a place to feel like they're missing out because. Or they're not doing enough and they need to go out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. And so like, I don't know. I sometimes like when I'm teaching, I'm like, where do you work? Like, if she works at a salon, I'm like, it's sometimes I'm less likely to just like give her all of this information about like bookkeeping and um, all of this stuff, because she doesn't need that right now, you know, and she may never mm-hmm. need that, but. Well, and it might not apply to her at the moment. Yeah. She might need
1: help in other areas. Yeah, exactly. I really think that's about like understanding the student's needs. For sure. But, but I, I also think it can be a misconception that like the ultimate goal for this industry is to be your own boss. I mean, there's even been times that I've paid my employees more than I'm paying myself. So it's like, yeah, if they're having like a great career, you know, then like the goal isn't to have to open up your own place. And and maybe there's some sort of self. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you need, so you feel me. like that's the ultimate goal for yourself. Like if you haven't yeah. done something like that, then in your eyes, maybe you feel like, I don't want to say a failure, but again, you're just not doing enough, you know? Yeah. But I don't think that's what being a lash artist is. It's about like creating a life for yourself and, and being happy doing what you love, you know, whether that's being a salon owner, being an employee or renting space doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about your training. So are you teaching like privates or do you teach group classes too? Like, I do, what do do private.
1: You, like you know, I did take a little bit of a break this last like couple months. I went on like a world tour. I was, you know, I was training in Sweden and I went to Australia. And, I mean, I'm, I feel very blessed because I've been able to meet some of the most incredible women and um, mm-hmm. I've been able to do it around the world and also find that like, everybody's got the same struggles. Everybody's got the same, you know, goals. And it's been really neat. Um, I really, I really, really enjoyed that. And I was just kind of keeping such a consistent schedule. And at the time my sister was getting married and having a baby. And I realized like I got into this industry really cause I wanted it to give me purpose and make me really happy. And I was training so much, I kind of needed to take a little bit of like a step back, you know, Mm -hmm. and after taking a step back, and I really wanted to start focusing a little bit more on like salon life, because I felt like people needed that. They, I, I didn't want to just learn, teach someone how to do a technique. I wanted to teach them how to like appeal towards their clientele. And sometimes I think it can be a little bit different when you're, you're learning from as it like a salon type of experience, I'm trying to teach people how to make like a salon environment work for them. Gotcha. And like how to, again, find your ideal client, how to build your clientele, how to build like a portfolio and take pictures and, you know, like hone in on, on what you want out of this business and not like what you think you should be doing. It needs to like, it needs to work for you, you know? Right. And, and, regardless, everybody, each of us has our own brand because we're artists, you know, like you may mm-hmm. not have like a lash brand and you may not have this or that, but like, like you are an artist. So you're probably going to appeal towards a specific type of clientele that you want. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think the more that you get of that type of clientele, the more, the more satisfied you are with your business, you know? Because yeah, I can
0: see that. So you have your product line too. Mm -hmm. And how long has that been around? Gosh. So I started my salon 22, 22. I had to be probably like 20. So maybe like four years or so now. Um, so were you doing it because you wanted products that like you knew worked and like you can rely on?
1: Yes. I mean, again, not to go back to like the beginning of lash artistry, but like, it was like the blind leading the blind, you know? there was no yeah. information and people would come in and be like, where do I get this and that? And I was like, I was training people and I was like, you know, I really want to offer something that, you know, if if I was referring somebody to something and like the lashes weren't working out for them or something, you know, anything like that, then, yeah. then I kind of had this sense of guilt too, because like, I was referring them to that. So yeah. I really wanted to create something that I really felt like I could stand by. And again, after so much After a lot of my experience, like I really wanted tweezers that were really lightweight and, you know, my hands were starting to hurt a little bit. And I really kind of wanted to fine tune products that worked for both clients and lash technicians. And Mm -hmm. even down to like the little sticky strips that we use, you know, if a sticky strip is too sticky while I'm even doing classic lashes, like I notice after a long day, if I'm kind of having to pluck the lashes off of the strip. I felt like I was starting to get like, I had to grab the lash tighter with my tweezers. So like I did notice soreness. I'm like, yeah. And then like, I was getting really frustrated if I was doing volume lashes, some of that adhesive strip would come off onto the volume lashes. So then I couldn't fan them out. And I really kind of wanted to customize something again, down to the very little sticky strip and, and pictures I hated when, I'd take a photo and I'd see this like blue tint in my photos. And I was like, ah, these don't look Mm -hmm. good, you know? So I wanted to be very precise about what kind of products that I wanted and what I wanted to offer people. And that was kind of how the product line kind of blossomed and came about. And I love it. And I feel like,
0: yeah. And prior to like 2013, there was not a lot of brands a lot no. of the big brands that we are all familiar with came around the same time, like 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of people talk, and this like like the other day I was texting you about your tweezers because everyone is talking about them all of the time. How they're so um, lightweight and they're really affordable. they aren't they like 19.99 or like oh girl, you, you made know? my
1: day. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I had, no. Um... Like.
1: Shayla was on your show and she was talking about our products and I was like, oh my gosh, you just made my day. I was like listening to it while I was doing lashes and I was like, this is great. I helped someone. Yeah. And that's all I really wanted to do. I mean, I just wanted to help other lash artists because I'm, I'm you. I've been there before. And yep. I I was that lash artist and I am that lash artist still. So I really just try to find stuff that are unique to, to lash artists, again, that I feel like clients will also love. So I've been really happy with it. It's been awesome.
0: And I think because you work in a salon still and you're still so close in that environment and because you're so hands-on with everything, mm-hmm. that kind of speaks to your brand too because the people know it's going to work, you know, because yeah. you're right in there with it and you're having to use it. So...
1: People ask me all the time if I will ever pull back from lashes. And I do think that, you know, as business owners, we, we wear many hats. <laughs> we're marketers. Yeah. We're advertisers. We're, you know, our own brand specialists. We're Instagram people. We're, we're everything, you know, accounting. Yeah. But what I really love about lashing is I really get to kind of think about exactly what I'm doing And I do feel like it helps my training and I do feel it helps with product. And Mm -hmm. I always call when I lash, I call it like my meditation time almost because Mm -hmm. um, it's like just my time to kind of sit and gather my thoughts. I can either listen to your podcast Mm -hmm. or others, or I don't know, it's kind of my my time to reflect and really think. And I I really enjoy that. So I don't know if I'll ever give up lashes, but for now I'm going to say no, just because it's it's really my time to generate new ideas.
0: Yeah, a lot of people another thing that I hear about you and I think some people have said this on the show that you are always giving tips, like you're always in forums and stuff like just helping people with your like little tips or you used to post a ton of tips too and you still do. Mm-hmm. Like on your Instagram and stuff. So, how do you I guess get the time to juggle all of the things that you're doing, um, and still have such a positive attitude. (laughs) Girl, if I knew the answer to that,
1: (laughs) no, I don't know. I, I really like to be very scheduled. Um, I'm the kind of person that like, I have to wake up in the morning and like make my bed every morning. And I like to, so I really try to schedule Mm -hmm. out my time. Like if I'm going to be on Instagram, I like to give myself like a certain time slot that I'm, you know, engaging and whatnot. And if I'm in the salon, I just try to focus my attention on whatever I'm doing in that moment. And I don't know, I've, I've always really... That's very efficient. I've always really admired people who were very scheduled and very organized. And I, I like that. <laughs> so I try my hardest to schedule myself. And I feel like you get things done a little bit easier. And you know, what? I live yeah. off the reminders on my phone too. If I ever come up with an idea or during my lash meditation, I will literally like pick up my phone, write down whatever it is, because if I don't write it down in that second, it's going to go out my brain. I'm not going to be able to do it again. So, um.
0: yeah, no, I feel like scheduling even like your Instagram time. It makes sense because all of us do spend hours on social media, Mm -hmm. but are we doing it with a purpose? You know, like Mm -hmm. I think that that matters. Okay. Good advice. It just made me think of something like sometimes when I write an idea down, I'll leave it there for like months before I see it again and I'll write down like the same idea and then I'll see it later like and just see like, whoa, I thought of this months ago. That's a great idea. Like, I I don't know. I need to get more um, organized because I have like 50 different to do lists like all over the place.
1: I love that. And I hate that at the same time.
0: Like I'll look back yeah. on
1: something and be like, gosh, I had that idea. And it would have been great if I would. So like, then I can be too hard on myself. Like, gosh, should have done this, yeah. should have done that. But like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on the way that you look at it. But there has been some ideas that I feel like I I let slip out and then like kicked myself for it later. I'm like, man,
0: yeah,
1: I had it in sure. there. Why didn't I do it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have a little one on the way. And yeah. Wait, when are you due again? April. April, so like
1: right around the corner.
0: Oh my gosh! I know. So, how do you think? I mean, I know it can always change, like once the baby comes. But like, how do you think it's going to change, like your, like your work?
1: You know, I'm surrounded by all the girls in my shop that work for me now. They're so awesome, and I've always said this about the girls that I work with, like. They're my best friends and they're Mm -hmm. all moms too. And I'm actually one of the last to become a mom. So I look around at them for a lot of inspiration and some of them have multiples and I don't know, I, I, they really kind of, they all inspire me in their own way and how they balance everything. And I think I have a lot of support, so I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't look at it as like, what am I going to do? There's obviously a little bit of fear there, but I have a great group of friends that I get to see every single day. And I can, I know I can just like look to the person to my left, like, what do you think? <laughs> and I think that'll yeah. help me a lot. So I'm excited. I mean, again, they're so all, they're all so encouraging and supportive and this and that. So I don't know. I don't look at it as a fear just because I've got
0: sure.
1: such an amazing group. So it's awesome. Yeah.
0: So I was about to ask you about like conferences, but I just realized like, duh, like you're not going to any this year because of that. But
1: I know, which I'm super bummed about because I do love the conferences, but and I I really like paying attention to some of the other industries and how they can kind of help like guide our own. Like the hair industry and stuff like that. Like the hair industry has been around for so long. And I still feel like, although the lash industry has been around forever, we're still like a newer, definitely a newer industry and it's growing. It's ever growing. It's so awesome. But I do kind of like to pay attention to the different like training techniques that the hair industry does or like little seminars and stuff. And what I really love about the hair industry is how like artsy and different it is, you know? Yeah. Um, And I I, I feel like that's something I'd kind of like to see in our industry a little bit more, just like, like, I don't know, groups of like-minded people and making it fun rather than, and I feel like the hair industry is so overly saturated. Like I even have a ton of friends that do hair and it's never like a competitive thing or this or that. It's all just people kind of doing what they love. And I'm, I really like to kind of see the lash industry go, a little bit more into that direction and so I'm a little bummed maybe not so much like I do feel the the shows are starting to get a little slower if you will yeah. like I know I know Vegas was like half the size and I don't know if that's because of social media these days or not but I don't know I like I like paying attention to what everybody what the other industries are doing and how it can kind of help guide the lash industry as well so I'll be sad to miss some of oh. that but I've been paying attention
0: online. (laughs) Yeah. I think that the reason maybe the shows aren't as big is because everyone is getting like some sort of discount from one brand or another. And so they don't Mm -hmm. really need to go to shows, like get the discounts. And then like, I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes when I go to those things, I'll meet someone for the first time and I'll talk to them for maybe like two seconds and then that's it. And it's just like, no one, I don't, I I don't know what I'm even trying to say. It's just like, not what you expect it to be. When you see all these people like, Oh my God, I was in Vegas, like for the IBS show. And it's not really like that when you go. So it kind of, you know, next year when it comes around, you're like, "Eh, maybe I'll skip it this year. It wasn't like that big of a deal, you know?
1: You know, what I've always loved about the shows is more just like, I was able to meet up with all of my friends, like you're in Texas. How often do I get to see you? And I got yeah. to spend so much time with you at the convention. And honestly, I was probably at the show for like 20 minutes. But the fact yeah. that I got to like meet up with all these friends or, you know, there's even been people that I, whose work I love and admire on Instagram. And then I see them in person. I'm like, oh my gosh, you, I love you. I know that you are. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another thing. We all need to post pictures of ourselves more because I have like, admired someone's work and I've been standing right next to them and had no idea yeah. who it was. So that's my goal True. for 2019. I want to get better about sharing a little bit more about myself. So yeah, because sure. I want other people to do that. So I gotta, I gotta do it myself. If I, if I expect it out of others.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to Vegas and I think I'm going to share a booth with Paul and Tustany and Tara actually. Like all three of us, for yeah, um, I think we're
1: the lashpreneur and the other podcast, yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. So So, I know, and I kind of think I want to do like a after party thing, like Lash Boss Radio meetup or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, I'll be able to drink champagne by then, so maybe I'll just come for that.
0: (laughs) You should. So usually, like the last question I'll ask is like, if someone has a motto, do you have one?
1: You know, I've thought about that because I've heard you ask other people that I don't have a motto, but what I do, I'm the kind of person that I need to figure out. I need to accomplish something every day to kind of feel good about Mm -hmm. myself. You know, I need it, whether that's like getting out of the house and doing this or that, like, I can't just sit around and not do anything, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's so cliche, but I feel like trying to be the best version of yourself every day or trying to figure out a way to better yourself all the time, I guess is kind of what I try to live by because I think that as humans, we just like, we need to learn constantly. And I want to know as much as I can know at the time I'm like, put on this earth too. And if I can find ways to better myself all the time, then that's what I want to do. And I encourage that for others. So I guess that's what I would say is my motto. (laughs) Not much of a motto, but more of just a a lifestyle, I guess.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And I will include all of Megan's social media handles and websites in the show notes below. And I hope you guys have a great week. And I will talk to you guys soon.